Thank you, Jesus. Good to see everybody this morning. Amen. Beautiful winter morning. Amen. Almost seems like spring. <laughs> yeah. Praise God. So it's always good to experience some good, good weather. Amen. And I'm looking forward to what God is going to do this week in our revival services. I'm praying for a move of God. Well, obviously the Lord is willing to move. It's just His people to those that come. It's, it's, uh, it's us that has to do something. It's us that have to make the moves. I'm praying for that. God would break down all the barriers and all the walls. And amen. All the defenses. Amen. That he needs to break down so he can penetrate. Penetrate our hearts and our minds, our spirit. He can do work. Because we all need... We all need to be touched by God, whether we think that we do or not. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, amen. My mind has just been taken with uh, the Word of God. Of course, we we are not limited as far as uh, our spiritual sources are concerned. And what it is that we can uh, basically tap into as far as His Word is concerned. There's so many things there that are relevant to us. And uh, just trying to sort it out and trying to get the mind of God. That's something to be able to minister. And understand what it is that the Lord wants us to hear and to receive. And to apply it. To apply it to our our living, to apply it to the way we think, the way we talk, the way we walk. That's the whole purpose of all this. Amen. That's why we're gathered here, so we can come to an understanding. So I hope your ears are open this morning, Amen. and you're you're here to actually learn something. Amen. Praise God! It's always good to be teachable. Yes. It's always good to have a teachable spirit. Yes. Amen. So if you would turn with me in your Bibles to the book of uh, Exodus. Very uh, beautiful. Amen. Very beautiful as far as understanding what it is. Amen. The To be anointed and to know what it is. The whole purpose and reason to be anointed. Uh, Exodus chapter 30, if you have it. And we'll begin with verse number 22. If you have it, say amen. 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 It says, Moreover the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take thou also unto thee principal spices, of pure myrrh, 500 shekels, 
and of sweet cinnamon half so much, even 250 shekels, and of sweet calamus 250 shekels, and cassia 500 shekels after the shekel of the sanctuary and of oil olive and hen. Thou shalt make it an oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound after the art of the apothecary, and it shall be an holy anointing oil. And thou shalt anoint the tabernacle of the congregation therewith, and the ark of the testimony, and the table and all his vessels, and the candlestick and his vessels, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offerings with all his vessels, and the laver and his foot, and thou shalt sanctify them that they may be most holy. Whosoever touches them shall be holy. And thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons, and consecrate them, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, This shall be an holy anointing oil unto me throughout your generations. Upon man's flesh shall it not be poured, neither shall ye make any other like it. After the composition of it, it is holy, and it shall be holy unto you. Whosoever compoundeth any like it, or whosoever putteth away, uh, any of it upon a stranger shall even be cut off from his people. Wow. <coughs> Amazing. Beautiful. But this is uh, something I believe that all of us need to come to an understanding to, an insight. Praise God. And we see here what he is talking about. And you notice this, and, and of course we're still, you know, a, a few a, a few months or so back, a couple months back, we studied about the garments of the priesthood and everything related to that. And even we took a, a, a brief look at the tabernacle, uh, the holy of holies and then the holiest of all. And, and all that was involved in there because he mentions... Some of those, uh, the articles of the tabernacle, uh, the outer court and the inner, and inside the tabernacle itself, all these, all these, and even the priesthood, all of all, everything situated with the tabernacle had to be anointed with this holy oil, anointed. And if you if you remember when we when we were enlightened about what it is to be anointed when we anoint the word itself just the definition of the word gives us a picture of something that is rubbed on or something that is rubbed in that's what anointing is referred to so when we say being anointed obviously God in this particular sense and especially in this situation with the tabernacle and all the furnishings of the tabernacle <coughs> Everything that had to do with the, with the, uh, amen, the sacrificial system under 
under Moses and the Levitical priesthood, the ministry, all that, of course, we see that uh, to be anointed for the service was important. Everything had to be anointed. And, of course, he makes that statement that uh, everything that is anointed, that it will be most holy, and whoever touches them will be holy. So that was obviously the, the effect of the anointing oil. That is, amen, the, the, the power and the work of the anointing oil and what it did for those items of, of the tabernacle and all the furniture, and even the individuals who were anointed with that anointing oil. You became holy. Amen. And anybody that touched them became holy. So think about that. So what are you and I filled with? Holy Ghost. His Holy Spirit. Amen. <coughs> the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. So, you know, and, and I say this. There's always a confusion because even in, in, you know, in Christendom, even in Christianity, and it's, it's how you understand the way that the Scripture is written, but whenever we refer to this, to, to the Lord, to God. The Bible says God is a spirit. Mm -hmm. So we understand that first to him is, is a spirit. God is a spirit. We know he's a spirit. We know God. And I, and I hope you understand that we know God is here because he said that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the yeah. midst of them. So his spirit is here with us. It's abiding in this place because he said it, he declared it. Mm -hmm. But whenever we talk about him, the spirit of God, there's always that synonymous term, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. So they all speak of the, the, same, the same thing, God. That explains, amen, his, his nature. Of course, we know he's a spirit. And, and so that explains his divine nature. He is a spirit. So here's, here's the interesting thing. We can refer to him as, we know that his spirit is holy, so that's why it's referred to as the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Spirit. And then, you know, uh, here, here's, a, here, here's where it comes when, when Jesus came. And Jesus, amen, we know was God manifest in the flesh. Mm -hmm. Divinity, which is spirit, put on humanity, which is flesh. So Jesus was obviously God in the flesh. Mm -hmm. His flesh was the Son, the Father was the Spirit. Yep. Okay, There was a combination, as, as it is, there's that uh, combination of, amen, those two being joined together. So now we see Jesus, and that's why the Bible calls him the Christ. Amen. The Son of the living God. In other words, the anointed one, the Son of the living God, the flesh of the living God. Mm -hmm. So we see that. So, so here's the thing. Why is it that people get so confused over the use of the term Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost? They say, what, what does that mean, Holy Ghost? Well, does anybody know what a ghost is? Okay, we're, we're, we're speaking in the sense of the Bible. We're using the Bible as our source of understanding. A ghost is the spirit of a departed person. 
Do you all agree that? Yeah. And, and so, so here's the thing. What did Jesus promise to his disciples? He would go away and come back. So every time, so here's the thing. When, when you refer to God, when you know that, you know, we, and, and there's people that believe in God, so they refer to him. You know what they always say? And they know that this God's Spirit is holy. So they Holy Spirit. So in, 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 in a general sense, they can refer to him. All, all because they understand that, they know that. But how does it become personal? How does that understanding become personal or that relationship becomes personal? You ever notice that in the Bible? Study it out in the New Testament. Study it out. When any person that was filled with the, with the Spirit of God, do you know what they refer to us? As the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And so, in other words, Jesus said, I will come. He said, I will send the, uh, the Comforter whom the Father will send in His name. He promised that to His, to his disciples. Then what is Jesus in, in, in the following passage? He turns around and says, and He says, when He does that, when the Comforter comes, He said, I will come to you. Yeah, man. So he was identifying himself as a comforter. So when we receive him, it becomes a personal relationship. So we're receiving his spirit, the spirit of a departed person. Mm -hmm. So it becomes the Holy Ghost. Do you understand that? Woo, some of you kind of look confused. It's a personal relationship. So you know what you have. And it's, you might say, well, what does it have to do with what we're talking about? Exodus has a lot to do with it. So he says this. He says this to make a anointing oil. He was commanded to to make an uh, an anointing oil. Thou shalt take unto thee. Look what he says. Principal spices. Now that that word in the Hebrew, principal. He said the the thou shalt take unto you principal spices. How many spices were there in this passage of scriptures? Anybody notice? How many spices? Four spices. Four principal spices. So when he talks about four spices, but look what he says, principal spices. So, so what that means when he talks about it being four principal spices, the, the Hebrew word and, and roche, if I pronounce it right, roche. You know what that means? It means the head. So when you talk about the head, it's something that is first and foremost. Okay? Everybody understand that? Mm -hmm. It means something that is chief. Something that is of importance. Something that has significance to it. Okay? It also means something that is excellent. So in other words, all these spices, he said, principal spices, all these spices amongst, now listen to this, amongst all the other spices, because there are a lot of spices that we have, don't we? Mm -hmm. yep. So what does he do? He says, he calls for the principal spices, the chief spices, the spices that are most excellent. Amen. After the art of an apothecary. Does anybody know what that means? Apothecary? The name of the person that combines things. <coughs> like a pharmacist. <laughs> you're, you're all very close. This, yep, that principle. You know what it is? A, a person that 
makes perfume or manufactures perfume. How many of you put on perfume today? How many of you men put on cologne? How, how many of you perfumed and how many of you cloned up? Yeah. <laughs> you can tell because when you walk, when you walk by a person, you get a scent and go, wow, that's, oh, man, that smells good. Okay? Perfume. So he's talking about perfume, but guess what it is? A hint of oil mingled with four spices. A hint of oil mingled with these four spices to produce, to form a fragrant compound. A hint of oil mixed with all these spices to perform a fragrant compound. Guess what? A, a, a sweet aroma. And get, Let me tell you something. There's only one of that kind. Pay attention, everybody. There's only one of that kind. So he said principal spices. Principal. Of course, myrrh, how many shekels? 500 shekels. 500 shekels, the weight of it. So when you look up myrrh in the scripture, in the, in the Hebrew, it's spelled M. O-R, we pronounce it myrrh, but it's really more, like more. And myrrh is a bitter, a bitter spice. And when you look at that, the bitter spices, myrrh is a bitter spices, but the way myrrh is, and in, in, in it's, and its uh, activity as a spice, of course, it comes from a plant. Guess what? There's that, there's that flow or that working of nature in, in every plant. It's like that. So I'll, I'm saying that so you can understand. Every plant is like that. There's that work or flow, flow of nature. If, if, you, if, if, if a plant doesn't have or receive any amount of water, what happens to it? It dies. So everything has to be basically watered. Because if it doesn't, it dies. It'll dry up, shrivel up, die. But here's the thing about it. Myrrh has an effect, a natural effect. Now listen to this. Has a natural effect to distill. Let me get back to my notes. To distill small drops. Hmm. Did everybody hear that? Mm -hmm. Did everybody understand that? Okay. To distill small drops. It's got a natural effect just to. Okay. So you got that portion of it? And so, so here, here's the thing. It's, it's, got that, it's got that quality. It's got that, that essence. But here's the thing. And when he, when he talks about pure, when he talks about, what do you say? The pure, pure uh, myrrh, verse number 23. Pure myrrh. The, the Hebrew word for pure means this. It means uh, jeweler. 
drawer. And that's spelled D-R-O-W-R, drawer. So along with, along with it being pure murder, this is what it means. So, so because of the combination of it being pure murder, it employs the meaning, now listen to this, the meaning, and we're still talking about murder, of freedom. So myrrh, pure myrrh, dispenses freedom. Amen. We're breaking it down. Yeah. And the movement of it is a rapid movement. Everybody got that? Yeah. And... The result is a spontaneity of an outflow. How many of you have ever been in uh, chemistry in high school? You get together, you used to do some experiments, you, you, and, 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 and the, whole, the whole thing, did anybody know, uh, learn anything about chemical reaction? Certain things, mix, certain substances mixed together, all you young ladies probably know that. You were probably all in chemistry. Some of you young men. So, but when, when you mix certain things together, guess what? There was a chemical reaction. Some things fizzled, <laughs> bubbled, and some things smoked, and some things exploded. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so this is what this is. I'm using this as an example, so you can understand. So you can understand what this all means, because sometimes we don't really realize that there's a reason why. There's a reason why. But when he talks about employing the medium of freedom, moving rapidly, spontaneity of of, of an outflow, and you know what? You know what it does? It creates. Now listen to this. It creates liberty. <laughs> No, that's the Hebrew. Yeah. Okay. What, what, why is it? Well, let me, let me give you an example. Uh, remember, we're talking about the anointing oil? Mm -hmm. Is everybody still with me? Yeah. We're talking about the anointing oil. And go to uh, uh, Isaiah 61. And, and this is connected to what we're talking about this morning. So listen to this. Isaiah 61 and verse number, verse number 1. It says this, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath, what? Anointed me yep. to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim <coughs> liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. So that the, the, the effects of murder, liberty, liberty, so you think about it. You, you go there, and, and, and these, are, these are, are, are scriptural examples of what we're talking about. Go to the book of Song of Solomon, chapter 1, and you see here uh, another beautiful example where he talks about this in the Song of Solomon, chapter 1, in verse number 3. Look what it says. Because of the savor of thy good ointments, Thy name is as an ointment poured forth. Therefore do the virgins love thee. 
Because of the Savior of thy good ointments. It's the same implication where ointment is referred to in Hebrew as myrrh and other spices. So because of the Savior of thy good ointments, thy name is as ointment. The name of Jesus is as an ointment. Mm -hmm. Poured forth, therefore do the virgins love me. Then you go to uh, chapter 5. You go to chapter 5 in the same book and we see that same example given. Amen. <clears throat> which speaks about this. He says uh, in chapter 5, I rose up to open to my beloved. And this is the bride speaking. And look, she's speaking about this. I rose up to open to, to my beloved and my hands dropped with myrrh. And my fingers with sweet-smelling myrrh upon the handles of the lock. So the bride woke up <laughs> to her beloved. Amen. We're gonna, we'll continue this. We'll, we'll put this together so you can understand. But the bride woke up to her beloved. And because she woke up to her beloved, guess, guess what? Her hands dropped. Her hands dropped with myrrh. And my fingers with sweet-smelling Myrrh. Praise God. Amen. So what did I what did I talk about? That rapid movement, mm -hmm. that action. <clears throat> another another example is in verse number thirteen. There, it says in the same chapter, his cheeks are as a bed of spices, as sweet flowers. His lips like lilies, dropping sweet smelling myrrh. I'm going to get to this in a little while here. You're going to understand why. Language like this is you. Some of you are looking at it. So what does that all mean? You'll know here in a second. Here. Just hold on. So anyway, anyway. So we see that. We see that example. Now now listen to this. Listen to this. Go to Psalms 45. And, and go to uh, uh, chapter 45. And go to verse number 8. And, and we're, we'll, we'll put it all together. Remember we're still talking about myrrh. Still talking about myrrh. So this is what it says. All thy garments smell of myrrh. <laughs> and alloys. And cassia. Out of the ivory palaces. Whereby they have made thee glad. All thy garments. And remember we're talking about the holy anointing oil. So here we see this. We see this. Now the second. The second. Principal spice was sweet cinnamon. And the Hebrew, the Hebrew word is quinamon. Quinamon. You know what that means? It means to, as far as in, in the context of this, what literally means what how the spice of cinnamon, the 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 how would I say, the, the, the ability or what cinnamon does is this, it, it, it erects. It erects. Now pay attention to what I'm telling you in these definitions. It establishes. Mm -hmm. Amen. Is everybody still with me? Yeah. It establishes. Now, listen to this. It erects. <laughs> It establishes. 
So in other words, this, this spice is something that obviously the, the work that it does, in a sense, it gets you to a place to where it will help you, it will establish you. Now listen to this. Listen to this. This is beautiful. A scent that leads and allures to intimacy. I see some of you shaking your heads. Hey, if you want to get somebody's attention, all you young ladies and all you young men, you know that. You want to get somebody's attention, what do you do? You make yourself smell pretty. Even you men, you make yourself smell pretty. Praise God. But that's what it does. Now, let me, let me kind of, so you can understand it. Let me, let me, God has a way of getting your attention. Mm-hmm. And just like everybody else uses that, that tool, method of trying to gain somebody's attention to alert. Did you know that God can do that himself? He has a way of gaining your attention. He has a way that he can allure you. And that's what this means. When, when the, the work of the Holy Ghost, the anointing of the Holy Ghost is such that he will, he will help us to stand. He will establish us. But what he's doing is he's doing it so he can lead us, lead us to a... So we can experience an intimate relationship with Him. Man, some of you don't get it. I know you don't. I know. I know. I know. Men have a problem of being intimate. They have their methods of being intimate. Where our our methods are different than you ladies. You ladies are more. Sensitive and prone to emotional, your emotion, emotional part of you. So, so as far as you being intimate, you know you can you can be intimate, but and 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 amen. But here's the thing about it. Here's the thing about it. I want you to understand that this is important. This is the part that I I get so. Uh, how would you say? I, I get frustrated because I can I can by the Holy Ghost I can discern that even you know I can understand a man but not a woman. Why a woman doesn't thinks that she cannot get that close or intimate with God. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Some of you are like that. Yeah. <coughs> well, I don't know if I can do that. If you, you know what? And some of you men? Yeah. <coughs> intimacy with God. Is that possible? Oh, yes, yes. it is. Amen. You could be so in love with God. Amen. But that's our struggle. That's our struggle. We can't go there. We won't go there. We won't go to that depth because agape love is deep love. 
And some of you struggle doing that. You know why? You love something else. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Woo! I just have to say that. That's right. Song of Solomon chapter 4 again. Let's go back to the Song of Solomon. Hallelujah. Chapter 4. And... Uh, Hallelujah. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost up here. Amen. Look what he says. Verse number 14, chapter 4. Stinknard and saffron, calamus and cinnamon, with all trees of frankincense. Here we're, he's, he's, they're talking about all these different spices, but noticeable, noticeable. Uh, cinnamon, trees of frankincense, myrrh and alloys, with all the chief spices so here we here we see here we, we we get a look at everything that you know he's talking about and and here and i don't want to go into too much detail i don't want to get you know go off but he's talking about when he goes into his garden the first thing that he's gonna notice when he goes into the garden here all these all these beautiful plants that are growing in his garden and the first thing that he catches is their aroma their scent yeah He's smelling it. He's going, oh man, my garden is a beautiful garden. Guess what? What does that, what does that mean? What's that, what, what does that garden represent? The church. Yeah. Amen. Jesus. So, man, talk about walking in there and, and he's just experiencing all that goodness. He's going, oh man. <laughs> I love my garden. That's basically what he's saying. I love going to my garden because when I go to my garden, guess what? There's, I can just, I love the aroma that comes, that ascends from the garden. Amen. I just love that aroma. Praise God. Amen. So it's something. It is something. Amen. The next one on the list is sweet calamus. This is beautiful. That's why I'm taking my time so you can understand it. Sweet calamus. Kane is the Hebrew word, kane. And it means a branch or a stem. So we get a picture of a branch. Everybody, right now everybody's thinking of a tree branch. <laughs> I guarantee you probably are. A stem. We get that picture of a stem. Anybody know what a stem is? So we get that picture, and that's what we think of it. And that I immediately thought that when I was going when I was in the in the Hebrew. And I was I immediately thought that, but when I found out when when it began to take me into the literal meaning of it, when it's translated, I thought, oh man, that kind of threw me off a little when it said a branch, a stem. It's true because that's that's what you know, that's the picture of it. But here's the thing a branch or stem is everybody ready for this? Yep. In relationship to what? Now listen. Because in our mind, we can picture a branch, a tree branch, 
a branch on a bush, a stem, the stem of a plant. We can go there. That's what we, that's what we gather in our thoughts. But here's the thing. A branch or a stem, does anybody ever realize this? A branch or stem could be part of a structure or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Uh, 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 for example, a stand or, uh, and I'm saying that because I'm trying to get you to understand. A stand and its use in that object to bring balance. <laughs> so, everybody paying attention? I still got your attention? Yeah. So when you think about that, the menorah, the lampstand, seven, seven branches, but guess what? All those seven branches... That lampstand had one foot and one pedestal. All those seven branches produced balance. So that lamp, that lampstand could stand on one foot. Oh man, the working of the Holy Ghost. I like to slow it down. I like teaching. Yeah. Slow it down so you can get some understanding. Amen. We don't even, like I said, you don't even realize what you have in the Holy Ghost. That's right. Amen. A branch. Balance. Now here's here's the other thing. Woo! Blew my socks off. Balance, but it's also it's also a way that. We can indicate a rule or an order or a standard. Mm -hmm. Amen. I'm just, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm just, I'm seeing it. I'm trying to see if there's any feedback. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you get scripture for that? Well, let's go to Isaiah 62. This is what it refers to. These are the, you know, the scriptures that line up with uh, what we're talking about here as far as how they're, used and how they're relevant to what we're talking about. So you go to Isaiah 62 and you go to verse number uh, where am I? Verse number 10. Okay. Man, where are time is, goes by too fast. 62, verse number 10. Is, there, is everybody there? Amen. Okay, look, look what he says here. Go through, go through the gates, prepare ye the way of the people, cast up Cast up the highway. Now look what he says. Gather out the stones. Now look what he says. This is his application right here. This is its application. This is where it's connected to in the Hebrew. Lift up a standard for the people. Lift up a standard. That balance. Hey, why do I say that? Let me give you a good, good example. 
We can be too carnal. Mm -hmm. yeah. We can be too sinful. Yep. Mm -hmm. We can be too worldly. Mm -hmm. But yet he gives us the Holy Ghost. He gives us the Holy Ghost so we can, amen, get away from being, let me, <laughs> I'm not talking about politics now, don't misunderstand me, from being far left. Yeah. And to balance it out, guess what he's going to do? The Holy Ghost will help us to lift up that standard so we're not Amen. too Amen. sinful, too worldly, Amen. too much of a sinner. Now we can become righteous. Guess what? Let me tell you something. You Amen. can never be too holy and Amen. you can never be too righteous. Thank you, Lord. The Holy Ghost will lift up a standard and the Holy Ghost will help you to balance. Are you getting my drift now? Yes. Philippians 3.16. This <laughs> is my last one on this anyway. That's why I said I love the word, man. I tell you what. When we can affirm everything that we believe, we know what we believe. Yep. <laughs> Nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, let us what? Walk by the same rule. Yes. Let us mind the same thing. Yes. That's what he's talking about. Yeah. Standard. A standard. What we believe. Amen. I don't know. Well, I'm, just, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep on going on. So think about that. We think about that. So the last. The last, this is a beautiful thing. Not, not the last, the last spice was cassia. Gedah. Cassia, the Hebrew word gedah. Gedah means this. Cassia means this. Listen to this. This is really beautiful. It means, it means to contract or to bend. So when we talk about when we contract start to bend, that's kind of like where, here's a good example. <coughs> what happens when you're really self-willed? Mm -hmm. I this, I that. Amen. I this, yeah. I that. Mm -hmm. It's like Satan, I will mm -hmm. exalt myself. That's what Satan said. I will, I this, I that. So what happens when you bend that I, it becomes a C. Yeah. Christ. Yep. Christ this. Christ yep. that. Amen. 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 <laughs> I'm still getting some trouble looks. <laughs> <laughs> to bend, to contract, or to bend, to bow. Now, now li listen. Here's the other part of it. It doesn't stop there. It goes on. To cleave to. To cleave to. In other words, guess what? You're going to grab a hold. You're going to cleave to. To stoop. In other words, you know what you're doing? Basically, you're bowing yourself. Praise God. So that's what it implies. 
we cleave to. It implies that we will walk with. So as you think about the anointing oil mixed with that hint of, uh, the anointing oil was all these spices mixed with that hint of oil mingled together. So guess what? All, basically all the virtues of these spices mingled together. Guess what? That anointing is upon us. That anointing will cause us to do just exactly what I explained to you. Yeah. Amen. I'm almost, oh man, time's going by too fast. Okay, here's, your, here's the part of it. This. Psalms 133. I'm already running out of time, so. I'm just helping you along. I just want to help you along. Yeah. I'm just giving you some, yeah. some seed that you could... You can take it up. You can look it up yourself. You're gonna yeah. find the same thing. But you can, you can check. You can check it. You're gonna find the same thing. But look what it says here in Psalms 133. Does everybody have it? Say Amen. Yeah. amen. Uh, let me wet my whistle here. This is. We're still talking about the anointing oil, by the way. Remember, he said that Aaron's and to anoint not just the sanctuary and all the furniture and everything. But Aaron and his sons, remember he said, anoint him. So, so here, here we're going to get a little more closer picture, more insight. Look what he says. Psalm 133, verse number one. Behold how good and how precious it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Amen. The Hebrew, the Hebrew in this first scripture, ini matro, yavet, akim, <laughs> how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. That's what I just said in Hebrew. Yeah. You notice why is he started out with that particular verse? <laughs> he said, It is like the precious ointment upon the head. He just got talking about how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. That's you and I. That's the church. Amen. To dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard. Even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garments. As the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended from the mountains of Zion... For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. So he's given an example of what that anointing oil is like. Obviously, obviously, we are to have unity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. How good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. We're to have unity. We're to have harmony. That is the objective of what God has done for the church and Pouring out the Holy Ghost. The purpose of the Holy Ghost is to bring us into that unity and harmony and fellowship. Amen. Amen. My, 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 my. So when he said, guess, what, what are we? What are we? What are we referred to at times? When people talk about the church, 
What do I refer to it at times? His body. His body. <coughs> Did you know that Jesus, the Bible says, he is the apostle and high priest of our profession? Mm -hmm. High priest? Yep. Aaron was a high priest. Yep. Jesus was a high priest. Amen. High priest of the new covenant. So here we get a type, we get a type of that. So the anointing oil was poured upon the head of Aaron. Did you realize that, you know, when we anoint, and, and I, no, we didn't, we didn't get, we're going to have to get some anointing oil, by the way. But when we anoint, we always get a little dab of dew. And we anoint, when you come up for prayer, we anoint you. But when they anointed the high priest, you know what they did? The amount of oil they poured on him is equivalent to three quarts of oil. That's a lot of oil, isn't it? <laughs> but that, that, why do you think the Bible says it ran down from his head all the way to the hem of his garments? Whenever a king was anointed, he was anointed with around two quarts of oil. A significant difference. And we just put a little dab of dew on And they just poured it on So listen to this. So the Bible says, the Bible says in this scripture, it's like the precious ointment that upon the head that ran down upon the beard. So, so guess where guess where it started from? It started from the head that ran down the beard and then the rest of the garment. So what does that mean? This is what it means. The anointing begins its flow from the head, from leadership. And moves to the skirts of the garments, the body, Man. the congregation. Man. So that anointing, so that anointing is supposed yep. to bring us to that place of unity. Amen. How good and pleasant it is for men to dwell together in unity. Yes. Amen. That is that is God's objective. That's his goal for the body. But guess what? Not everybody is. You have to be anointed. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 4. You all know this. You should know it by heart. Praise the Lord. Look what it says. <laughs> I have yet to see it any other explained in any other way. But I have yet to see that. I haven't seen it yet. But the Bible is the Bible. The Bible is truth. Did you know that? Yep. yep. And look what he says. Verse, uh, chapter 4, verse number 3. Everybody there? Yes. Verse number 3. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Endeavoring. Doing everything we can to maintain the peace. Everything. Everything. Despite what goes on. Despite the dynamics of life, all the, you know, variables, all the things that we encounter, all the activities we encounter, we come in here and we're just like, ooh, man. But here it is. We're to endeavor. We're to endeavor 
to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. That's the whole objective. So when you come in here, praise God. I don't know if you've noticed this. If you come in here, if you if you weren't prayed up, if you weren't ready, if you weren't sensitive, you probably didn't even feel the Holy Ghost. No. But if you if you were ready, you were prepared. You probably did feel the Holy Ghost. You probably felt His peace. Yeah. You probably felt it when He came in. Oh man, just Amen. praise God. So He says that there is one body. And one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Yes. One baptism. Guess what? That's what you and I have experienced. Amen. <coughs> so there's always that admonition to... Uh, Praise God to look look what it says here. Look what it says here in 1 Corinthians 1.10. That kind of helps us to understand basically what it should be like. Some of us, some of us, and I'm gonna say this, some of us, some of us believers that are mature. Mature in the spirit. We understand this. Well, I hope you do. We understand this. This is the working. Remember, we talked about the four principal spices and what they all are and what they do, what they represent. So that's what the Holy Ghost does in this. It brings us to that place where, amen, we're, we're brought to that place where we can come and we can conform. Everybody listen? Amen. We can conform to the anointing of God's Spirit in the body. Amen. Okay? So when it does that, this is what happens. He says, now I beseech you, 1 Corinthians 1.10, now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. So what's he talking about? He's talking about the spiritual things. Mm -hmm. He's talking about the Word of God. All, all us coming together in one mind, in one judgment. Guess what? We have that's what God's given us in the Holy Ghost mm -hmm. to bring us to that place where we can all we can be one. Amen. Okay. My tell you what. Second uh, Corinthians chapter one. Second Corinthians chapter one. Now look what he says. You're going you're to notice something here, what I said about, talked about being established. Look, look what he says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. Now he which establisheth you, or establisheth us with you in Christ, and hath anointed us, is God. Here's the thing. I shared this with the brethren the other day. I got, the, I got a few minutes here. And and this is this is the thing. You go you you read you read First John chapter. Uh, go to First John chapter two or one. Excuse me. First John. 
or is it First John chapter two? First John chapter two. And if you're there, say Amen. <coughs> amen. But look what he says. <coughs> Of course, he's, he's talking about Antichrist and he's talking about uh, obviously Antichrist, the Antichrist, false prophets and all that. Verse number 26, he says, These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. You can be seduced by somebody who is, obviously the spirit of Antichrist is out there in this world. There is a person that they call the son of perdition, the Antichrist that's going to come in the seventh week. But the spirit of Antichrist is out there. You know what? Antichrist is... The, the, just, just basically is the spirit that opposes God. It's the spirit that is against God. It's the spirit that people have that replaces God. Antichrist. So he's talking about this, that spirit of Antichrist. He said, I, 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 these things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. Who? The Antichrist. There's so many of out there. There's people out there that don't want you to know God. Or don't want you to have a relationship with God. So this is what he says. But look what he says. 27. But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. And you need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things. And that is truth. And is no lie. And even it hath taught you. Ye shall abide in him. So he's talking about that anointing which you have received. Amen. That abideth in you. It's going to teach you. Guess what? Now, now, here's where miss. This is where people misinterpret the scripture. They say, well, God's given me the Holy Ghost, so I don't need a teacher. I don't need a, a, a minister because God's teaching. No, no, no. That's not what he said. He said the Holy Ghost you have, should, 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 uh, the Holy Ghost that you have, but the anointing that you have received of him abideth in you, so, so you need not that any man. In other words, what he's saying is that you won't listen to every Tom, Dick, and Harry out there. You will pay attention because how did you receive? How were you taught? You're being taught right now. This anointing that teaches you. Because this anointing that teaches you, you're not going to be, when they try to teach you, you're going to say, hey, no. You know how you can tell? The anointing. Some of you got to pay attention. Some of you like to listen to people that aren't Jesus' name preachers. I guarantee you there's a difference in anointing. You know why? Because if they can't understand that you need to be baptized in Jesus' name and full of the Holy Ghost, they're a false prophet. Amen. But some of you just like to listen to them, false teachers. While your anointing should tell you, hey, yeah. And if it doesn't, I question your Holy Ghost then. Yeah. 